going to miss Lori, huh? Lori and John. Amen. We're going to have a special prayer at the end of our service, and uh, I'm going to have the deacons. We'll come up and pray. And, and uh, I want to thank you all for being so gracious to my friend Pete. Last week he was here. Uh, he sent me a little email how much he appreciated it. I just wanted to uh, quote him a little bit. He said, uh, I got all my papers up here. He said, it was an awesome experience. I really enjoyed the people, especially the staff, who were extra respectful, helpful, and considerate. So thank you for being so good and kind to my friend Pete. And uh, he really appreciates, he really appreciates your kindness. I talked to Bruce. I talked to Bruce uh, yesterday, and Bruce Braun is being released, uh, discharged from Memorial Hospital. He's going into rehabilitation, and he is at the um, uh, rehab on Granger and Tully, which is called Garden City, okay? So uh, we want to pray. We'll pray for Bruce in just a moment, uh, but just to give you an update, uh, had his, um, so he's recovering from his surgery. So let's go ahead and, and bow in prayer for, for Bruce. Father God, we uh, come to you this morning. We thank you that we can gather in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just pray together as a church, Lord. We pray for Bruce as he's uh, continuing to recover. Uh, Lord, uh, in rehabilitation, please give him your healing touch. Uh, as well as Frank, Lord, who's re recovering as well at home, and we just pray as well. Please, Father, strengthen Frank, uh, minister to him, and also Mama Brown, uh, Cisha, uh, Mama Brown, who we love so much, uh, has been in rehabilitation, and uh, we just pray that you, you touch her and strengthen her and just give her your, your, your comfort, your comfort, Lord, and strength. And we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also want to mention, just to add a little bit to our announcements, um, just to review, so this Sunday, this Friday night, we're going to go Christmas caroling. If, um, if you're able to, um, to help with, with driving, we're going to do a little carpooling. If you can let us know, Cynthia and myself, we'll be out there in the lobby after church. Let us know or put it on your Connect card. You can help. Uh, at 6.30, we'll be leaving at 6.30 because uh, one of the places we're going, Dale Commons, where... Uh, Tom is that they go to bed at seven, so we got to shoot right over there. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go. We got about three locations we're gonna go. Uh, all members of our church that could need some ministering too. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Barbara mentioned what that Barbara and Paula would like to do uh, uh, at five thirty on Friday. If you don't want to go caroling, but you'd like to come and have some Christmas fellowship. They're going to have the cookies and cocoa at 5.30 in the fellowship hall, games, you know. So Barbara's saying, bring a friend, bring your neighbor, you know, come with somebody and just have some fun. Uh, if you want to come at 5.30 this Friday. Barbara, anything to add? Uh, Barbara, anything to add to that? Uh, so, okay. So. It, oh, it can be come and go, too. It can be come and go. You don't have to stay. And then also... You, you can be there to see off the carolers. and Oh, but we'll still have cookies and cocoa when we come back from caroling as well. Okay, so that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, I, think that's, I think that's all uh, that I wanted to do as far as uh, catch, uh, little additions to our announcements. So.
today. We're going through that series. We're going through the series on the, the family, the people in Jesus' family, specifically his mother and father. As you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the life of his mother, Mary. And today, we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus' stepfather, Joseph. We're going to look at the, the life of... I remember growing up, uh, how, how special, the special feeling uh, Christmas was to me and our family. You know, as we... Uh, my mother would bring out the Christmas manger scene. You know, anybody got a Christmas manger scene at home? Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. I'd get to set it up in the fireplace, at the little fireplace, and you got the stable there, and, uh, you know, I'd have the little parts, the donkey and the ox, and put those in there. You have, you have the, ma- the magi, and then the fake, that fake, you remember that fake uh, hay that goes inside the stable? It's glued in there. You can't, <laughs> you know. And then Jesus, the little baby Jesus in the, in the center, right? And then next to Jesus, you have Mary. And next to Mary, you have Joseph. Joseph. You know, Joseph, I, I don't know if I've really thought much about Joseph. Joseph kind of plays a supporting role uh, in, the, uh, in the Christmas uh, story and in the life of Jesus. But that role, as we're going to see, his role is an important role. It's a significant role, the life of Joseph. And uh, we'll, be, we'll, be looking at, we'll be looking at that in just a moment. But Joseph was chosen by God, just like Mary. He was chosen to be the stepfather uh, of the child Jesus. And uh, as I said, Moses' life, I mean Moses, Joseph's life was important. For, for many reasons, one of them was this. Joseph was a descendant of King David. And by the way, Mary was as well. Why is that important? It's important for this reason. Because in the Old Testament, it was prophesied that the Messiah, the coming Messiah, would be of the line of David. And as a matter of fact, the, the Gospel of Matthew, as we're going to read in just a moment, begins with the words... Uh, the record of Jesus Christ, uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, uh, the son of David. Now, Jesus is the son of David because he's of the line of David because his stepfather who adopted him was of the line of David. Joseph. Joseph. That's Joseph, and that's important. Joseph is important to the biblical uh, to Jesus' uh, birth and life as, uh, as we're going to see just now. Now, Joseph, the accounts of the Jesus' birth are in the book, of ba- the book of Matthew. They're in the book of Luke. Now, in the book of Luke, you have more of a, a fuller account of Jesus' birth, and it, fo- it focuses mainly on Mary. The book of Matthew, also, the account of Jesus' birth and his genealogy, but it focuses mostly on Joseph. So that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. So if you have a Bible and you're ready to read with me, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start there. You know, Joseph, you know, like Mary, he took his faith very seriously, as we're going to see. So if you have a Bible, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, 
verses uh, 18 to 25. So if you're able to stand, you're able and willing, if you can stand with me, we'll read Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because it is, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. Amen. Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was a quiet man. He was a quiet man, but he was a man of character. He took it just like Mary, he took his faith seriously, he took his walk with God seriously. And he took his responsibilities seriously. Everything Joseph did, he did uh, to be responsible. He, did, he, he, all, he wanted to do it the right way. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in verse 19, the New American Standard, he was a righteous man. Joseph was a righteous man. That word righteous can be translated as just. He was a just man. He was an upright man. He was a righteous man. What do we mean by the word righteous? The word righteous there goes beyond just talking about his outward actions. It's talking about his character inside of his heart. What motivates him to act, to do what he does, to act with righteousness. Just like Abraham of old, the Bible says, Romans chapter 4, verse 3, that he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Joseph as well had a righteous faith. Joseph had a righteous faith as he walked with God by faith. He was a righteous man, and we're going to look at the characteristics of his righteousness. Three characteristics of Joseph's righteousness we'll look at this morning. And the first is this. Joseph's righteousness, he was righteous in his commitment. Righteous in his commitment. Verse 18, it says that he was pledged to be married. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They had an engra a, a pledge, an engagement. In the King James, it says they were betrothed. 
It was a betrothal. This was a, a legal agreement, just as binding, just about as binding as marriage itself. As a matter of fact, if you were betrothed, you were considered legally as being married. You just had not had, a phys had physical union until the marriage ceremony and until the formal taking home. And for the Jewish uh, custom and the Jewish law, it was a one-year period of betrothal. So Mary, when the angel Gabriel came to her, she was, it was during this time of betrothal. And so Gabriel came to her. You remember Luke chapter 2, <coughs> Luke chapter 1 rather, and, and Gabriel uh, made to her the annunciation, gave to her the annunciation, which is the announcement. And he said this, he said in verse, uh, in verse 28 of Luke 1, he said, Mary, uh, he, he, sorry, verse 28, the angels went to her and he said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And uh, the angel told her, Mary, do not be afraid, you found favor with God. You will be with child, give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. You will be, he will be, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary said, how, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary. And you will, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born to you will be called the Son of God. So, Mary, after this, after this announcement, after this annunciation, she went to her cousin Elizabeth, as you remember from last time, and she stayed there three months until John the Baptist was born, and until Mary Elizabeth's son John was born, who would become John the Baptist. And then she returned. She returned to Nazareth, and she had to tell her fiancé what the angel had told her. So Mary meets with Joseph with fear and trembling. And she tells him what the angel told her. But when she told him, she could see in his eyes the shock, the pain, the disappointment. She saw that he was not believing the story. He had doubt. He was she could see that it was questioning. He, she, he thought she had been unfaithful. Joseph was a righteous man. Righteous as it is his commitment. And he had to think this through. You know, what's interesting about Joseph is this. The Bible doesn't record a single word from Joseph's mouth. We know nothing of what Joseph spoke. The only reason we know that he was righteous is because of what is written of him in the, in, the, in the scriptures and because of what the things that he did. Joseph, he was a righteous man, a quiet man, a thoughtful man, and he was struggling in his mind what, what, what Mary just told him. He loved Mary. He loved her with all of his heart. And he respected her character. But this story, this story that she told him, it was just mind-boggling. To be honest, it was too hard to believe. He needed God's help to figure this out. 
I'm sure he looked to the Lord for counsel. I'm sure he looked to him, to his word. You know, the Bible says this, Psalm 16, verse 7. It talks about going to God at night, meditating upon his word for counsel. And it says this, keeping him in the forefront of your mind. It says this, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. One of the keys to keeping God always before you is to hold his word in your mind. So Joseph was seeking God. He was seeking an answer. He was seeking instruction. He was seeking what he should do. Because he was betrothed to Mary. And by Jewish law, if you, they were legally bound... And the, 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 the typical penalty for adultery in marriage, according to Deuteronomy 22, is stoning to death. Joseph had a hard time believing Mary. He thought she was unfaithful. But he wanted to show her kindness. He wanted to show her mercy. So instead of publicly... Uh, uh, being public about her unfaithfulness, he took the other option. He took the legal steps of writing the paper to quietly divorce her. As far as Joseph knew, he was doing the right thing. And ordinarily, that would have been the right thing in an ordinary circumstance. But this was no ordinary circumstance. Amen? Sometimes you can take steps in your own planning of your mind to think, you know, things that you, you, you want to do, you think are right. But if you're, if you're keeping God in the forefront of your mind, as you take those steps, it might just be that God is going to redirect you. Well, Psalms, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, with a man's mind, he plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Joseph was about to get his steps redirected. <laughs> Amen? Mm. He was a righteous man. He was, he, he was righteous in his commitment to do the right thing, to follow God's word. He was righteous in his commitment. And secondly, he was righteous in his care. Verse 19. Verse 19. It says, Joseph, her husband, because they were betrothed, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He did not want to expose her. The Amplified Version says it this way. He was not willing to expose her to public, to her publicly and to shame and to disgrace her. There was no reason for Mary to be shamed. She didn't do anything wrong. She was God's chosen one to carry his child, the Son of God. But my question to you is this. Is it ever right to feel shame? Uh, what is shame? Shame is when you, you know you're guilty. You know that you've, you, you, you're guilty. You've, you've violated the laws of God. You know, if you've done something, 
thought, thought something that, that violates the laws of God, whether in your acts or in your mind or in your words, it should cause us to be shamed. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says, it's shameful to think of what the disobedient do in, in, in secret. Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, you know, God speaks to the people of Judah. You know, it's only when we're, if, if we're sensitive to the Spirit of God, we will, we, we, we will have shame. We will, it should cause us to have shame when we violated the Lord's commands, when we violated the Lord. It's only when we have a hard heart. It's only when we're callous in our mind that we become incapable of feeling shame, incapable of sensing God's presence, incapable of knowing our sin and turning from our sin and going to God for forgiveness. You see, shame has its place. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 15, God was rebuking the, the, the people of Judah because they had no shame. In my fact, God said, you don't even know how to blush. Let me read it to you. Uh, Jeremiah 6, 15, are they ashamed? Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they, they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. You see, there is a legitimate place for shame, and that is to draw us to God. For forgiveness. When we shame, when we cross that line in our conscience, you know, that's why God gave us a conscience to know right from wrong. But you know, the question is this, can your conscience be damaged? Can your conscience be damaged by false teaching, following false ways? And the Bible says yes. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it talks about following deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And it says this, those who do so, their consciousness, consciousness excuse me, have been seared as with a hot iron. You see, their hearts have become hardened to the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't want to expose Mary to public shame. He wanted to protect her. He wanted to care for her. Joseph was a righteous man, righteous in his care. He showed that many times in the life of Mary, in the life of Jesus, before he was born and after he was born. Joseph was righteous in his care. Before Jesus was born, God revealed to, to Joseph that Mary's story was true. And Joseph went, went through the, the marriage. He married Mary. And they, they had no relations until the baby was born. And while she was still expecting Jesus, the Emperor Augustus put out a decree that you know, all the people of his, his empire should, 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 should have a, a, a census. And to go to the census and put your name on the list, you had to go to your uh, home of origin. So Mary and Joseph, I mean, yes, had to go to Bethlehem, 96 miles away from Nazareth. They had to travel to Bethlehem, the city of David, the city uh, their family was from. 
And so they packed up. Uh, they packed up and they left. And Mary riding on a little donkey. Joseph stand, walking right beside her. I can imagine Joseph rolling up some blankets, maybe in a roll, and strapping them to the donkey so Mary can lay back, kind of be a little comfortable because she was, as you know, she, you know, she was expecting. And Joseph, you know, holding her up with his strong carpenter's hand as they walked these paths down the, the mountains and up the hills. And uh, when they got there, as you know, there was no room in the inn. So it was Joseph who did the searching for a shelter for his wife because it was time to deliver. And then after the baby was born, and after the baby was born, uh, and, and Jesus was just an infant, King Herod wanted Jesus killed. So the angel told Joseph, in a dream again, to to take the child and to take Mary and to go to Egypt. So he led them to Egypt until it was safe enough to return. Joseph took his responsibilities seriously as a protector of his family. He was righteous in his care. He watched over his family like God watches over us. He watched over them, right? The righteous care of Joseph reflects the righteous care of God. God will forgive if we confess our sin. God will protect if we pray to him. God will teach. God will counsel. God will watch over you if you look to him. Psalm chapter 32, verses 5 to 8 says it this way. Psalm chapter 32, beginning with verse 5, it says this. It says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, David speaking to God, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely with the mighty, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach you. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. God speaking, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. I'll watch over you. Joseph watching over his family is a reflection of God watching over his people. Well, Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph was a righteous man, and he was righteous in his care. He was righteous in his commitment. And third, he was righteous in his obedience. In his obedience. Verse 20 of, verse 20 of uh, Matthew says this. Of Matthew 1 says this. It says, after he had considered this, you know, after he had considered this, after... Uh, he, he considered what Mary was telling him. As a matter of fact, the New International, the New American Standard says, after he thought this over, Mary had just revealed to him, remember now, what the angel had told her. Joseph, well, out of kindness and consideration, was going to decide to quietly divorce her. And here he is lying on his bed at night, and he's thinking about this. He's thinking about this. Have you ever... 
you know, had something on your mind at night and you could not sleep, you're just thinking about it? Anybody? Am I the only one? <laughs> you know, the bigger the issue, the bigger the, you know, the bigger, the more chance you might lose some sleep over. So here he is, Joseph. He's thinking about this. He's considering this. He's mulling this over in his mind. And he goes to sleep with this on his mind. And while he's sleeping, while he's sleeping, the angel of the Lord appears to him with a message. With a message. And he says this, verse 20 and 21. The angel appeared after he, he fell asleep. And it says this. In his dream, the angel came to him. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. So this was it. Joseph had a clear message from God. I mean, what a relief this must have been. You know, he heard from God. No longer any doubt. He knew. He knew it was true. He wanted to go on the rooftop and shout it out. She's innocent. She's pure. She's God's chosen one of all the women of the world to be the mother of the Son of God. Joseph was so relieved. In the morning, I imagine he went over to Mary's house and they rejoiced together. Amen? They rejoiced. They rejoiced. The, the, the baby within her was from God himself. Amen. Amen. The there was certainty in his heart. And immediately he resolved to do what the angel commanded. This was not a suggestion. This was a command. How do we know that? How do we know that? Because it says, it says that David fulfilled what the angel commanded. He did what the angel commanded. He obeyed. The word of the Lord. Now the word English, the word obey in our English language comes from the Latin word, which means to hear. So for those that are righteous minded, to, to hear is to obey. That's what Joseph did. He heard and he obeyed. And when we obey, when we obey, this is how we show our love to the Lord. Amen? Amen. What did Jesus say? John 14, 23. If you love me, You'll keep my commandments. But before we can keep his commandments, we've got to hear them. We've got to hear them. The, the commands. That means we need to get into his word. We need to get into it with a prayer. Lord, teach me. Lord, open my eyes. Psalm chapter 119, verse 18 says, Open my eyes, Lord, that I might behold the wonderful things in your law. God wants to reveal things to me. He wants to reveal things to me. And he does it through his word. Now Joseph, the wonderful thing that was revealed to Joseph is that his, his Mary would give birth to a, a son that would forgive his people from their sins. Another name that Jesus has given is the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Luke chapter 2, verse 22 uh, the, the Luke quotes from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, written 700 years before Christ as a prophecy of the Messiah. 
When the, Emmanuel will come. And Luke explains, Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is God incarnate, God in the flesh. So Joseph, Joseph rejoices. He rejoices at this news. And uh, here's the thing. That prophecy, that is the first prophecy given in the book of Matthew about Jesus from the Old Testament. There are five other Old Testament prophecies, just in verse chapters 1 and 2 alone, about Jesus being the, uh, the Messiah that was waited, that was awaited. Now, when, jo- when Jesus was born, eight days after he was born, Joseph and Mary went to the, went to the temple to, circum- to have him circumcised. That was Jewish law. And Simeon was there. Simeon was the priest. And when Simeon saw the baby, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell upon him. And he knew this was the Messiah. And Simeon began to praise God. And he took the baby in his arms. And he said this. We're in Luke chapter 2 and verse 30. Simeon said this. It says, my eyes have seen your salvation. He's praying to God, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. Now, when Mary and Joseph heard this, they looked at each other. The Bible says this. It says, they marveled. They marveled at what he said. They were just praising God because their son would be the Savior of the world. Savior of the world. He would die for our sins and rise again that all who call upon his name shall be saved. Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Joseph was a righteous man. He was righteous in his obedience to follow God's command. He believed Mary. He married Mary. He became the stepfather of the Savior of the world. He was righteous in his commitment. He was righteous in his care. He was righteous in his obedience. Joseph was a righteous man. These were the these are the characteristics of his righteousness. Number one, he was righteous in his commitment. Commitment to Mary. Even though he didn't believe her story, he was planning his own way. But the Lord would direct his steps. He was secondly. He was righteous in his care. Joseph didn't want Mary publicly shamed. He would protect her. He would watch over her and the baby as they traveled to Bethlehem, as they traveled to Egypt. He watched over them as God watches over us. Amen? Amen. And then he was righteous in his obedience. He heard the word from the angel of the Lord and he rejoiced. He obeyed it. Right away, he married Mary. He heard Simeon, the priest, prophesy of Jesus. Joseph, his stepson, would be the Savior of the world. The manger in my home growing up had a profound effect upon my faith. It's there that I, uh, meditating upon the Christmas story that helped me have a thirst for God. There's Mary, there's Joseph, and there's Jesus, and the story of Jesus' birth into this world. 
Joseph is an important part of that story, the story of God's love, sending his son. So whosoever believes in him will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Man, thank God for Joseph. Amen? Thank God, most importantly, for his stepson, <laughs> our Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for shining the light in your word on Joseph so we can have understand his character and so that we, as believers, can follow that character, Lord, as a righteous man, and you call us to be righteous as well, Lord. We have no righteousness apart from you and apart from the spirit of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, especially this season of year as we meditate upon the birth of Jesus. Lord Jesus, as we meditate upon your birth and your, and, and, and your life and your, and your death and your resurrection, help us to be faithful, help us to be responsible, help us to be committed to you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. And uh, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation just in a moment. And uh, am I in the invitation?